Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hamilcast. It is me, Jillian. Today, I am joined by Robert Walters. Uh, hey. Hello. <laughs> you are a swing in Hamilton on Broadway. I sure am. But you started in Chicago. I did. I started with the Chicago company uh, a few months after they opened. I was there as an injury replacement at first. And when I was there, I was the onstage member for the Charles Lee track, which we call the Man One track. And you're originally from Australia. And I'm originally Australian, yes. Sydney born and raised. Yes, yeah, so uh, we'll get to the Patreon peeps questions in a little bit, but I have some Australian Patreon peeps. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. they are excited Oh yeah, that you're here, as <laughs> am I. So thank you so much. I know it's your day off. I appreciate it. It's actually like it's not raining. The last couple of recordings, I feel like it was pouring rain. I and... bring somewhat decent weather with me. Yeah, well, I love that. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Um, so tell me about like how a boy from Oz mm-hmm. gets to Broadway. Oh Tell me your, your whole story. I can't wait to hear all of it. It's kind of like a multi-part story because the reason I moved to America to begin with is because my wife is American. Mm-hmm. We met in Singapore where we were both working. Yep, it gets better. Don't oh, you worry. Yep. Yeah, you guys, again, not a visual medium. Also, cheers. We're drinking. Uh, cheers. How, did, how did you say? You named it. And you Rob, came, Robitos. Robitos. Mojitos, but for Rob, you named <laughs> it. It's all good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I was already reacting. Okay, so mm. you met in really Singapore. Yes, yeah, so we met in Singapore um, where we were both working at Universal Studios. Um, which is on Sentosa, if anyone knows about Singapore. I was there for a year originally, and we both started our contract together. Um, There's a show over there called Monster Rock, which is no longer there. But originally I started there as the monster of Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. which we called Frankie, because we couldn't call him Frankenstein, because it's actually supposed to be the monster of Frankenstein. Right. Dr. Frankenstein, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so she was playing the Bride of Frankenstein, and Come it kind of just happens to be <laughs> that we started having an attraction to one another and everything like that. Um, and then, you know, it kind of just happened that we started to fall in love and everything like that. You're getting so <laughs> shy. It, I don't know. I haven't, yeah, I don't You're know how so many times I've told this story. It's fun to relive, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then so. About six months into the contract, we started dating. And then so that meant there was about six months left of our contract together. Um, And at that point, when contract renegotiations were happening, we said, okay, I think we're like far enough into this relationship. You know, we see each other at home. We see each other at work. We spend much more time than, you know, a lot of the general public do when they're in a relationship because you don't always work and live with the same person Mm -hmm. you know you you might see each other once a week if you're lucky but we were seeing each other seven days a week for almost 24 hours of that day so our relationship kind of progressed really quickly um so about like three or four months in we'd been dating and then negotiations for the next contract were coming around and it was the point of how serious is is this relationship like are we going to do i need to move countries or or are we going to try and stay Um, in Singapore together and figure it out so what we ended up doing was we said okay well let's do continue this relationship because obviously we're both 
all about it. <laughs> and her name is Jen, right? Her name is Jennifer okay. Wolf. She is amazing. Hello, um, Jennifer. Hi, Jen. Hi, Moo. <laughs> Look at you. You're so love. It's adorable. <laughs> She's amazing. It's funny that you say that, though, because my husband and I, we live and work together. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Like, yeah. it, we don't know that whole, like, nine to five, like, hey, honey, how was your day? Like, mm-hmm. that's just... It really yeah. changes how quickly you can fall for someone. Totally. Like, and especially, I think, being on stage, like having to fall each in love with each other well, yeah. for this fictional character, it kind of <laughs> became a very real thing. And we had to sing, I think it was, <laughs> we sung Justin, ba- Justin Bieber, baby, baby, <laughs> to one another <laughs> as I pushed her across stage on this what are they called? The sound carts that hold all the equipment mm-hmm. on wheels. I can't think of the technical term. Sorry, people. Um, and I had to push her across stage on one of those and fall in love with her. <laughs> so it was, and, and then did. we, and then we sung time of our life. Now I, did you had... do the lift? No, we didn't. <laughs> no. And Dirty then because we did the black eyed peas version. Oh, okay. Um, so there was that. And so, yeah. And then, um, the contract negotiation came around and we said, okay, let's continue this. Um, And what we did was we said, we're going to stay another year together in Singapore so that I can work on getting my worker's visa, which is called the O-1B visa um, for America. And so we built up our savings accounts so that, you know, I didn't know if I was going to come here and have work immediately because I didn't technically have work lined up once I got my visa approved. So your goal was to work here in, in America? Yeah. So once we had the discussion of saying, yes, we're going to continue this relationship and stay another year in Singapore, it then became, okay, which country are we going to move to after Singapore? Right. It's either going to be Australia or America. Um, Because before meeting Jen and all of that, I was kind of ready to move away from Australia. I'd kind of done everything I wanted to do in terms of my career back home. Um, which we'll get to later. Yeah. But I also have a British passport because my parents are born and raised in the UK. Um, I'm the only Australian born in my family. My, I've got two older sisters who, <laughs> who were born and raised in the UK. They, wow. My dad was offered, uh, it was a short-term contract in Australia within the company that he was working for. And he moved over to Australia and then my mum was pregnant and then had me in Australia and then... It was kind of like, oh, actually, you know what? Let's kind of just stay because they fell in love with the country and they've yeah. lived there ever since. Um, so naturally, I have through you know my parents, I have a British passport and an Australian passport. Um, so originally, what my plan was going to be before I met my wife in Singapore was after Singapore, move to the UK and experience you know the hustle and bustle of london because there's so much more work there than there is in australia that was kind of like the original plan but then things changed Mm -hmm. and that's when i met jen and then i you know we made the decision to move to america because there's much more work potential here and then so during that second year that we were in singapore together i applied for my workers visa the o1b um and it took me close to a year to the date of just like gathering all my information all my legal documents what is that process like oh it's a pain in the ass yes yeah (laughs) Um, totally worth it though it yes and no (laughs) yes yes and no because took me close to a year with a lawyer um an immigration lawyer to get it all together um it's just a lot of documents and you need to prove that 
the O1B, the title of the O1B is Alien of Extraordinary Ability, which <laughs> I know, Sounds right? like a comic book. You have to be, you have to look like a superhero on paper for them to give you this visa. It's well, kind of crazy. Well, good thing you do. I hope so. I mean, I must have, right? <laughs> Something was working in my favor. Um, you have to prove like that you were a lead on your contracts and everything like that. And then you can have, you have to go for only one specific category, like, uh, an O1B as a dancer, I think is what I was going for. But then you can also be an O1B from recollection as like a teacher or something. Yeah. So there's like kind of little subcategories within it, which kind of, it, it really limits you. And one of the struggles, um, of, the O1B was the unions, which are Broadway is all union work. Equity, SAG, AGVA, all of those things, you know, it really affects you when you're on an O1B visa, um, which is a whole other conversation in yeah. itself. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. But I think, like, rightfully so. I mean, the unions have been great to me so far, so I right. can't complain now that I am a union member. So are you officially a superhero? Is that on your, your <laughs> equity card? I mean... <laughs> Maybe I'll get them to to relabel it for yeah, me. Yeah, you should. I'll say, can I please be, and then I'll have to find a superhero name. Right. I don't know what it can be. Well, we'll, fig- we'll work on that. I mean, we'll- I'll take Thor because oh. he's Chris Hemsworth. I'll I'll take Thor. We'll see. That's going to be even more paperwork <laughs> because of the copyright, right? And all that. Damn, see, I didn't think about ends. that. All you want to do is sing and dance on stage. Why is it so hard? I know. Just let me do my job. Just let you live. Um, okay, so let's get back to that. Okay. The fun. Yes. The fun mm-hmm. part that feeds your soul, which is the dancing and the singing. Yeah. And all that. How did you get into? Oh all gosh. That? So, I feel like all of these stories stem from so far ago. Um, Singing and dancing, well, it mostly truthfully started with dancing. Um, And the way that it all came about was when I was, oh gosh, I think I was grade six. So I don't know how old that is, like 12. Is that right? I would think 10 or 11. Yeah, around that age. I went to a performing arts school because my sister was at that school. She was always the dancer in the family. She was doing ballet from, you know, however old it was, very, very young. Um, So my parents sent me to this school um, called McDonald College um, in North Strathfield in Sydney, Australia, if anyone is familiar with it. Uh, It's a performing arts school, and they sent me there because my sister was going there and I was kind of getting bullied at the school that I was in before. Mm. I was only at that school for a year, um, my primary school, because we'd moved houses. So it was like I was there from the fifth grade. So it was kind of like the second to last year of that school. So everyone already had their friends. It was Mm -hmm. like everyone was locals, Uh and I was the new kid. So I didn't really like make too many friends so after I've a year of that totally school, been in that situation right at that year that that kind of age being bullied Why i totally get so it mean. yeah <laughs> it's kind of yeah. crazy um but so i was at that school for a year and then after my parents realized you know he's not going to school because he doesn't want to be there and age whatever i was at fifth grade they sent me to the performing arts school which was where my sister was at and then as part of the high school curriculum it being a performing arts school is you have to have your performing arts elective and at the time it was uh you either do 
acting, ballet, dance, or music. And if you were doing music, you were either going to be a singer or like play some kind of an instrument. And so I didn't have any dance background. I didn't play an instrument. I didn't sing. And I definitely didn't want to do ballet and put those tights on, you know, I'm grade six. And that was the furthest thing from my mind. At that time, I was kind of definitely more close-minded because I wasn't as knowledged. That's a terrible, that's terrible English. No, but you came, oh my from, gosh. you came from a situation where you were <laughs> being bullied anyway. Like, I get that. Yeah. Like, now in this new place, like, you don't want to do anything. You're a sixth grader. Yeah. Like, I totally get that. Yeah. But also dance and ballet are the same thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> so. so similar. Because you had to do ballet. But, yeah. um, uh, so I ended up picking acting as my elective my performing arts elective because at the time you know it was we were all young enough that it was kind of just fun and games like it was acting games it was just the randomest things like improv and Mm -hmm. random things and it was always just fun um my memory it was such a short experience and so long ago that my memories aren't you know that detailed but I just remember having a lot of fun with my friends and shout out to Thomas Rathardi, who is still one of my best friends from uh, <laughs> from then. And that was what, I don't know, close to 20 years ago. <laughs> so I did the acting and then uh, a year passed and then I think it was maybe grade seven or grade eight. I don't remember. And then it started to become, become a little bit more serious. And then we had to keep a journal each day mm-hmm. and we had to bring it in the next day for the teacher to read and just make sure we'd done our homework. Sure. Um, and I just remember thinking it was such a random thing to do. But one day I forgot to do it and she was starting to collect, you know, people's books at the beginning of the class to check that we'd all done it. And I just remember being like, oh, crap, I forgot to do it again. And if you haven't done it, you get a detention. So I was like, oh, crap. Okay. And then I put my hand on. I was like, oh, I just have to go to the bathroom really quick. <laughs> and so what I did was I, instead of going to the bathroom, I went to the head of the performing arts and I said, I'm really interested in trying something else, not drama. Uh, and then they were like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, my sister's doing ballet and I don't know how to play an instrument. And I, at the time, I didn't think I could sing. So I was like, uh, oh, shit, let's. Let's do dance. You so, know that is that random thing you improv you were just talking about? That is mm-hmm. improv at work. There you, you go. You just yes right? ending your life and getting creative and being like, <laughs> and I'm out and now I'm doing uh, this. It, it came, that one year of drama came, <laughs> exactly. came to skills. Uh, in order to not get a detention one day, mm-hmm. I went and started dancing. And you never got it? You foiled her? Like she never... Mm-mm, she didn't know. I, I don't even remember where like my backpack was. I, I guess like... <laughs> There's Maybe I took it with Robert, me or something. Shaped hole in the door. You yeah, just, I just was. I superhero it out of there. Yes, see, it all comes back. It all <laughs> it comes does. back. Yes. Um, and then yeah, I just started dancing from, and I can't remember if that was like seventh or eighth grade. It was one mm-hmm. of the two. I wasn't dancing because I was passionate about it at that point. It was I was dancing because I had to do something. So there was about, and I distinctly remember this. There was about a year or two of me doing this dancing for the two hours a day um so the way it would it would work was you know monday was an elective day so mondays i did sport with Mm -hmm. like we would go and play soccer in the field or like go and play learn like random skills because uh my school was literally five minutes from the olympic park where they had the sydney 2000 olympics so all of that was basically at our disposal 
That is so um, cool. Yeah. So we got to play like badminton and like we got to play random things that like aren't super common. Mm-hmm. So Monday I would do sports and then oh gosh. You don't have to remember the schedule. I'm I'm, going to test myself, see if I do remember. I think Tuesday was, I'm going to say contemporary. Wednesday was definitely tap. I remember that. (laughs) Did you not like tap? No, I loved. Oh, okay. Tap was actually. (laughs) Because I could have gone either way. Tap was so much fun because it was like, you didn't have to focus on coordination with your upper body. It was all about rhythms. Right. And the other cool thing about the tap that I really, really liked was we learned from, there's a movie in Australia called Bootmen. It's an just this really amazing group of Aussie, it started as Aussie men, like really ocker Aussie men, you know, wearing jeans and singlets, but mm-hmm. they would tap and they would do it in like steel factories and mills and everything like that. And it was very just kind of raw. It wasn't like show tap where it was, you know, step, shuffle, and I don't even know words of steps because I never learned that way. Five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I never learned anything (laughs) like that. It was literally like beats. Like they would just go boom, and then you just follow along. So my tapping experience growing up was like so much more fun for me because it was just, it was just dudes and uh, there was loads of women as well but it started with just dudes having fun mm-hmm. together doing you something keep touching that, your heart when you're talking yeah, about it do i yeah. it's, it's a lot of it was like the if you don't know the movie bootman everyone needs to go and see this movie bootman i rarely assign oh homework gosh. but guess what everybody we all you have, have to see it i'm gonna google his name quickly because i know it's garcia and i can't think of it oh and sam worthington was in it Adam Garcia. Okay. Adam, Adam Garcia, okay. Dean Perry, the choreographer and creator of Tap Dogs, and Sam Worthington are all in it. Um, but it's so good and it's so amazing. And that's kind of like how I grew up tapping. Mm-hmm. So that was Wednesdays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Thursdays was jazz mm-hmm. technique for the most part. And then we do like a little bit of like a combination at the end. Um, and then Friday was performance i believe so you would work on like your repertoire with like not just your solo class you would usually have like two or three other classes with you so it would be a bigger group of people and they would put on a production and stuff like that so you'd kind of get an experience of what it's like to that's a busy week it was and then you know that was always at the end of the the academic side of the school so you know it was it was a lot but it was fun and everyone that was at that school for the most part wanted to be there for some reason tap it was definitely like the most was that the gateway drug yeah it was like the thing that kind of got me hooked mm. um so long as i remembered to bring my tap shoes that day because <laughs> <laughs> i know i would always just like not think about it no but we're and so then- similar our school <laughs> first we're both uh, sagittarians yes which, indeed. which we learned and uh, that's very true but we we have a very similar um school experience so i'm mm. just i'm i'm fascinated by it so i'm asking questions that i'm like wait i would always forget to bring my stuff to all ways all the time because tap like you have to have shoes you can't like fake it whereas like contemporary on the tuesday i didn't need shoes and mm-hmm. jazz i almost always did bare feet because i would always forget my shoes right and then friday was performance and i would just I don't know, wing it with whatever I was wearing that day. Or right. Like you could get shoes. away with it with any other yeah. dance, but not tap. Like Exactly. I mean. I'll be like, yeah, so I 
I guess I'm just going to hurt my feet and make no sound today. Mm, and just stomp really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so tap was, I think, definitely the gateway into it. But then about two years after I had um, been doing, you know, standing in the back with my friend Anthony, and he then once he moved, and I was kind of like, oh, okay. So I was still standing in the back by myself, and then not really, like, crazy passionate about it. I was the kid that was doing enough and everything like that. I was never, like the the feature child or, or whatever and granted like there was maybe like five guys in my class to the 40 girls that there were my kid with my, my kid my school was pretty small that's a big class though i was picturing it much oh, really? smaller oh no, well my entire school had 300 people we're talking from kindergarten to year 12 yeah 300 people for the entire school. I had 42 kids in my graduating class. Yeah. So for all four years, there were like 200 kids in the whole school. Yeah. It's like, so, sounds so similar, right? right? We Small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> well, you, it's it's kind of like fascinating because we, Jillian and I, are discovering so many similarities I about know. ourselves right now. I'm into it. I'm into it too. All right. <laughs> um, we got a new head of dance department um, and her name is... Jane Beckett, and she had been the head of the dance department for a a really, really powerful, popular school called Brent Street in Australia, and it's still there, still running, still amazing. Um, and she was the head there for, for, I don't even know how long, but everyone knew, like, the potential that she brought with her when she transferred here, because she's just a powerhouse, fearless, boss-ass lady who didn't take any crap yes. when she was when you were in her class it was you were in her domain and that was her strength and she wanted you to succeed and she would draw something out of you when she saw the potential and it wasn't until she came and I'll never forget the day it was her first class that she had taught and it was the Thursday class because it was her jazz class and she comes from that old school um, mentality of you know if it's an hour and a half class, 45 minutes of it's 45 minutes of the class is going to be conditioning because what's the point in just flailing your arms about and doing dance choreography if you're not conditioned. So 45 minutes of it was like floor bar, mm-hmm. jazz, old school, back to basics, Technique. principalities, yeah. principalities, principles. And at the top of the class, she said, I have a club and it's called, I think it's called the Seven Sweat Club or something. The principle of it was during either like the end of a certain exercise or by the end of the routine or whatever it was, I need to see seven beads of sweat on the floor to know that you're working hard. And we're all standing at the bar doing it. And I just remember something was triggered in me that day and I don't know what it was, but something that she said about that really stuck. And I said, you know what? I really wanted like. I really want to do that. I want to get seven beads of sweat from working hard on the floor. And I didn't let her know. I didn't like make a big deal out of it. But within, I think it was like five or 10 minutes, like I started busting my ass in this class and I looked down and sure enough, there was more than seven beads of sweat. And from that point on, that's when I was really hooked because there was something about this woman that motivated me to like keep wanting to make instead of seven beads of sweat, I wanted 10 beads of sweat. And then the next class I said, you know what? I'm going to do 12 beads of sweat. And then I remember like a few months of having her, my body was getting conditioned and 
<coughs> and and more conditioned and it was always the same same basic principle for every time she, we did this warm up and condition and then every week she'd add like one little thing that made it harder like you do something and then you do something it in, in, in like a demi plie or like on rise or something like something would be more challenging every time she came back um and i remember a few months in i said to myself you know what i i need to make this harder for myself because i need to i need to up my game i'm old enough now where like everyone around me had been dancing at that level for such a long time that i needed to get to where they are quickly so i went to we call it rebel sport back home which is like uh models mod- models Models. That's, yeah, models. It's like that sport, sporting goods shop, and mm-hmm. it's called Rubber Sport. And I went and got some ankle weights and some wrist weights. And I did the entire class with ankle weights and wrist weights on. They weren't like crazy heavy. We're talking like one kilo per per wrist and per thing. Still, though, but like, just adding a little bit and then it holding it, it out, like mm-hmm. that is tough. It, it was, it made me go from 10 beads of sweat to 20. And. It was literally all from this one lady, Jane Beckett, and yes, it, it that she I don't know how she just created this spark that made me want to keep going. She fanned a spark into a flame. She sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she and it wasn't even like we never had too many one-on-one interactions. It wasn't like she picked me to bully me. It wasn't anything like that. It was her just doing her class and whatever she would say resonated something in me that made me want to do better and be better for no other reason than I liked the challenge. Totally. And I, I, I love all of this so much. And I love that like you pushed yourself also on your own time. You decided I'm going to do this. She didn't say, okay, you think you're such hot shit. You have 10 beads of sweat down there. Now you better get some weights. Like she's not like, she didn't do that. Yeah. She just like really did fan the spark into a flame within you to say, no, no, no I want to push myself to do mm-hmm. more. And whenever, whenever I was in Australia last, a few months ago, last year, I reached out to her and I was like, hey, like, how you doing? And then I ended up teaching at McDonald College um, where I was. And it was the biggest kind of craziest. Oh, like, you're touching flashback. your heart again. I can't. I love it. <laughs> And it was just so nice seeing her and like I gave her the biggest hug and I kind of gave her a really brief story. I said, you know, I don't know, like I've never really told you this, but like I just want to say thank you for inspiring me and creating this. Like my career stemmed from Jane Beckett that one day in that dance class. Um, So I just kind of said thank you to her and I don't I didn't really go into too much detail. And one day I know I will make like make it right in the world to her to show just how much it meant to me. And I just haven't figured out the timing or how to do that yet. But one day I will in some form. Um, But she really kind of did that for me. Well, maybe one, that's amazing and beautiful. Maybe one, you talking about her like Mm. you are here, I think is a big step in that. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Or just putting it out there and just like acknowledging what she did and, yeah. and how it affected you. And just, I mean, you do it at work every day. Yes. 
like it's true. you bring a part of her in with you yeah. with everything you do yeah because she really did you guys what third time everybody drink i've said <laughs> it the third time fan that's sparked into a flame she really was was such a big part of you and so you you can't not take that with you right yeah that's true that has she true. she hasn't seen you in hamilton yet um no she has not but definitely i'm hoping that one day maybe she can come out and tickets on me <laughs> if she does um so then continuing on after school finished i didn't know what i wanted to do and i was still like yay dancing and then i was like oh wait you mean i'm not going to get these like classes with all these people that i've fallen in love with like anymore so i kind of had to figure out what i was going to do and both of my sisters took a gap year or what we call a leap year mm-hmm. back home which is like after you finish school you do a year of traveling or take like, a year off yeah a year off I asked all my friends that were in the dance classes with me and they said, oh, we're going to go to this place called 85. And they'd already like, so you have to audition to get into the program. And I'd already missed the auditions. And then I found out that 85 was having like last minute auditions, but it was like, rather than being in a group, it was Mm one-on-one. I remember going and then finding out a few days later that I'd been accepted. And also I found out that Jane Beckett taught there okay um see, th- see exactly. this is what we call meant to be mm-hmm. and it used to be an arnott's factory and arnott's is the company that makes tim's tams do you know what tim tams are sure <gasps> oh my gosh oh, is, it's a candy right guys she doesn't know what tim tams is it a candy it's a biscuit it's delicious it's a what it's a biscuit, it's, a biscuit. it's okay. so good it's well, an australian I'm biscuit oh, yeah you were close. close you were close i'll give it to you but (laughs) my my dance school 85 um used to be it's called the bakehouse quarter um which is like the area of the street that it was in um george street north strathfield it's called the bakehouse quarter because it used to be a cookie factory for arnott's or arnott's if i say it like my wife (laughs) um so they used to make cookies and everything like that so you're like my husband mike you have a sweet tooth you're all about the desserts Mm -hmm. that's candy Mm -hmm, sweets mm -hmm. that's your whole deal yes i recently just had a box so because it's easter easter is my favorite time of the year because of the chocolates yeah we're recording on april 9th everybody oh yeah yeah but uh, don't you worry i'm still finding those easter bunnies (laughs) don't you worry no regardless of when this comes out oh yeah i'll I'll find them well now this is the best time because you can get them half off 50 percent off that's (laughs) what i'm talking about i wait literally till the day to buy them all do you see all the jelly beans and the chocolates we have i I didn't even know you liked easter i have easter themed candies she's got some she's got some candies on her table and i I talk to javon about the candy bowl he is a fan of it the candy bowl is going to save my life. Right? It's what I eyed the first thing that I walked Why into didn't this you apartment. say anything? I, because I don't want to be too you. enthusiastic. I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get to them. Don't you, you worry. You say to me, she who has no chill, that you don't want to be too enthusiastic. <laughs> Eat, I mean, enjoy, please. I'll, I'll get into them in okay. a minute. Okay. Listen. This is what Robert loves. What do you love? Anything by Cadbury. And send so, it to the Richard Rogers Theater. Google the so address. Here's, here's the thing as well. So Cadbury. <laughs> all right. So let's get into it. All right. Let's get Cadbury, into it. Cadbury. That is made in Australia tastes different. Cadbury that is made in America tastes different. But the best kind of Cadbury of all is the Cadbury that is made in the UK. I cannot tell you why. It just is. So all three of them are different. Mm-hmm. But you prefer the one in the UK. The one in the UK And you can't, you can't ooh, define why? Uh, it's just, uh, so creamy. It's so good. All right. Get into and what's, the British... And what's the address at the Rogers? I don't know what off the oh, top gosh. of my head, but Two, you probably do. 226, oh, 226 West 46th Street. 
Richard Rogers Theatre, Stage Door, New York, New York, 10036. Attention, Robert Walters. Yeah. Tell me your Hamilton story. The How Hamilton you, story. Just all of it from, all right. from the top. Okay, gosh. So, <laughs> so how did it even begin? Okay, so my first audition was an open call. <laughs> I think I told Steph this um, Steph when Clem? I was Steph Clemens when I was in Chicago, but I don't remember. Right when you know Hamilton was just out of this world popular, like it was a few months after they had opened, and it was an open call, and I was non-equity. Um, <gasps> the non-equist. The non-equist. You did you get there super early and sign up? I and surely then, did. And then the, they called all the equity people, and then mm-hmm. you like had your number, and were there probably people trying to like be shady about the numbers? And- all that, all that joy, <laughs> all the joy that comes along with auditioning. Oh, all boy. of it. All of it. Um, so I waited, you know, the few hours that it was. It was kind of like towards the end of the day. And at this time, Steph was still performing in the show. And they decided to see non-equity. But instead of teaching us the full routine that the equity people got, we got like a 20-minute version, um, a really, really condensed. It was like half of the choreography that the equity people got. <laughs> I just remember... St- Steph saying, you know, it was the end of the day and she's like, all right, let's make this quick. I haven't eaten yet today (laughs) (laughs) or something along the lines of that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like Mm -hmm. focus. Let's just be attentive. And then it was kind of like one of those calls where you literally, there's no cuts made. You do it in your groups and we did it in like pretty big groups, like eight people or something like that. Um, And then I was like, okay, bye. Thank you. And then that was that. And then nothing, I didn't like think about it. It was kind of, it was still early enough in for me moving to America that I didn't really understand the process yet of mm-hmm. how auditions happen here, especially like the whole equity system, non-equity system. I really like was still asking so many questions about how it all works. And that's not how it works in Australia at no, all. No, no. It's kind of very different. Well, not very different. It's just like different enough Mm -hmm. like the the union list and everything like that is not really doesn't play a factor um so then a few months go by and then there's another open call and i say oh you know what yeah i i might not look like the current cast but i'm gonna go because i feel like i want to be in this show i haven't i haven't seen the show yet i used to listen to the soundtrack um my final few months in singapore i remember hearing it and i was like it was so amazing and everything like that. So you were a fan? Yes. Okay. And I did the open call. And that's like the one that I think was the first time I I actually was recognized. And like, that's the one that made me progress. I got an email because I don't I didn't have an agent at the time. I'm non-ec. Um, I'm still on my O1B visa. After that audition, I had auditioned for Freaky Friday. And I ended up booking that. We were supposed to get the train down to... So Freaky Friday was playing down at the Signature Theatre down in Washington or Virginia, Arlington. I was supposed to get the train down and start there and be there for four months. It was a Sunday that I was supposed to leave and then it was the Tuesday that we were supposed to start rehearsals. 
But I remember I got an email the week that I was supposed to leave and it was, hey, we've got a call back for Hamilton, dancer call only, don't have to worry about singing. And it was the day that my train was supposed to leave. So I contacted the stage manager from Freaky Friday and I said, hey, I need to change my train ticket to the day, the next day, which was fine because I still had a day in Virginia just of me doing whatever I wanted before we started rehearsals. So they were like, cool, no problems. Um, and then I went to the Hamilton audition and we, Andy was there. Um, and so we did. Andy Blankenbuehler, everyone. Andy Blankenbuehler. Keeping track at home. <laughs> <laughs> and we did, I believe, three routines. We did What Did I Miss, oh My Shot, and Yorktown. Oh, God. Yorktown from is my, my favorite memory. thing that's ever happened Me too. in this world. It's so like, freaking it is- good. Anyway, continue. I'm having trouble. Um, and then there was no. Did you die when you walked in? I'm sorry. And Andy Blank oh, was, I was there. Like, like, were you like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah, what? literally, because he wasn't at the other audition. And I was like, oh my god. How do you focus and then and then do all of his choreo when your like legs are noodles? Like, how do you? He's get it of... together. You're just like, oh shit! I oh wait. At the same time, Andy's mm-hmm. in the room. I just he, I gotta do it. I have. He to is do one it. of those laser focused people that you can't help but resonate with him. Yeah. Like you have to be on the same wavelength as him mm-hmm. to, I feel even be in his presence just because he is so, he is so good at what he does that there's no other way to be around him. You can't just like be goofing off because it's just an impossible scenario. Like it's impossible to goof off anywhere near him. So the second he walks into the room, everyone's like, yep. Okay. This is, you just suddenly find your chill. Mm-hmm. Like you sudden, it's like sobering up and something crazy happens. Absolutely. You're like, okay, now it's just, now I'm becoming as focused as I've never been in my life. Absolutely. Because we're in the presence of greatness. Mm-hmm. The greatest of the great. I mean, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I cannot. Andy come over anytime. <laughs> Seriously though. <laughs> um, so then he, we did the three combinations and then... What part of what did I miss? When you got skin in the game, you stay in the game. That's room where it happens. Oh, I totally... <laughs> wait, what combination did we do then? It was either one of those two. Okay. It doesn't matter. I'm trying to remember the... Cr- what. It was one of those two routines. My bad. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like... You're, you're in the, you're in yeah, the skit in, now. Exactly, right? It's fine. <laughs> you won, you won, you won, you won. Your uh, world turned upside down. <laughs> I'm just trying to, to do a good job of the show each oh night. Oh my God. You, you <laughs> promise that you'll make us proud? Always. Let's get Robert Walters in front of a crowd anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then that happened. And then the next day I get on the train we are starting to pull out no. at Penn Station. And I have just between like Penn Station and getting into the tunnel to leave Penn Station, there's like a chunk of no reception. And I remember getting an email just as we were pulling out saying, hey, you've got a call back. <laughs> and I was like, what? And it literally leave the station, no reception. You're so I can't trapped reply. underground. And so I was like, holy crap. And then I look at the date for the callback and then I look at my schedule for Freaky Friday and I contact my stage manager and I say, hey, look, I know this is like, we haven't even met yet. You don't know me from a bar of soap. <laughs> what What's the schedule really actually going to be like? Because it was not like a fully set like hour by hour. It was like four hours of vocals and i don't know how much right. of that i'm going to be in at this point i don't know they're the accounting show. for actors because mm-hmm. they are accounting for phone calls and emails like the one that you sent mm-hmm. 
Exactly. So I reach out and she was like, that's great. Unfortunately, we can't do anything because um, the day that I was, the day of the audition or the callback was also the day that we had our first table read preview in front of the creatives from Disney. And because Disney has the rights for Freaky Friday, it was, you know, I didn't want to piss off Disney. Mm. You know, it was, it, that was one of my bucket list career goals to work for Disney at some point to have a Disney logo somewhere on my resume so I didn't want to piss them off and I it was one of the hardest emails to write back to Hamilton saying hi I'm literally on a train I can't make it to this callback is there anything that I can do and then they said okay that's fine here's the material do a video submission so within like the first week of me being it in Virginia, I make a video submission and the material was the Charles Lee feature, the Seabree feature, and the George Eka feature. I put it all on track. I send off the video um, and then I'm down in Virginia for another three, four months. Throughout that three, four month period of me being in Virginia, we've been emailing back and forth just in terms of like, hey, just checking you've got my, you know, that that nervous thing where you don't have mm-hmm. the job yet and you're going, hey, just checking you got my email totally. with the videos. Yes, thank you. We've received it. <laughs> okay, let me know if there's anything else you need. Like yeah, anything the else over-enthusiastic, totally. like yes. give me a job. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's all we require. <laughs> and then, uh, and then. Someone all the courage you require. Right. And then it was like, I had a few weeks left in Virginia and we were in performances at this point. Um, and I was an onstage swing with that company. So I was on stage every night as my role. And then I covered two other roles. We had one female swing who covered my role, even though she was a female, it was like a interchangeable. Oh, that's awesome. Thing, which was really great. And that she, is so cool. Yeah. I loved it. And, it. and she had never been on the entire performance run. And then I get an email from Hamilton and it's like, hey, we'd love to have you at, like, we know you're still um, not available, but we'd really love it if you could make it to this callback. And I was like, (laughs) I do some maths and I'm like, I definitely broke some rules. Um, I told my swing who had never been on yet. I said, hey, I am going to go to New York tomorrow. And in the off chance that I don't make it back for the show that night, review this track. And she said, great, thanks for the heads up. And I said, let me know if you need anything. It was like the day before. So I said, let's walk it through and I'll like make sure that you're good. Because, you know, it's a completely different experience. She like she didn't get rehearsals. Like she That's had she nice had that you walked it. Yeah, I mean... That you walked through it with her. That That I, is very, very nice. You could have just have been like, peace, I'm stealing a train, I'm going right? to Penn Station. Well, I think you didn't you, do the, that. The, the good energy that you put out in the universe always returns to you. Um, Times three. Exactly. And so I told my stage manager, I was like, hey, I'm not really asking, I'm just telling you I'm getting a train tomorrow to New York to audition because she knew that I had had the call back the day of rehearsals. And I was like, I'm not missing this opportunity. I'm, it, it's Just say it. Just say I'm it. I'm not throwing away my shot. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Hamilton Right? <laughs> You're allowed to do that here. Yes. Like, this is a safe space. You Amazing. can do that. Amazing. I can say it as much yes. as I want. Oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> um, and so... So she said... She was lovely. She was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I'm planning on making it back for the show. And I said, you know, the audition starts at, I think it was like 11. And my 
I, I booked a train ticket for like 2 p.m. Um, from New from York. from New York to Virginia, 2 p.m. the same day of the audition, thinking like if the if the audition starts at 11, I'll be done by whatever time, and then I'll get the 2 p.m. train back to Virginia in time for the show no. that night. Literally in my taxi, we so I got the train from Washington D.C. So I literally in my Uber or taxi, whatever it was, drive past the Washington Monument. I drive past all of those iconic DC mm-hmm. statues, all of those things. I literally pass through all of them at five, six in the morning. And I'm just thinking to myself, holy crap, I'm going oh. to audition for Hamilton right now. And I'm in the places where all of these amazing things are taking place. I'm like tired as hell because I did a show the night before and then that anxious like not being able to sleep really because you know what's happening tomorrow so you're like telling yourself with your eyes forced shut I need to go to sleep I need to go to sleep if I go to sleep now I'm gonna get three hours okay if I go to sleep now I'm gonna get two hours okay now you're past the point of needing to sleep should you just stay awake and so then I think I remember having like a little sleep on the train get to Penn Station you blacked out I blacked out (laughs) Blackout, blackout. Do the audition, and then it was okay. Thanks, everyone. We're just going to ask a few more people to stay um, and do some partnering. Um, and at this point, I look at my my watch, and it was like one forty, and my train was leaving at two. Mm, and yeah, I no. told the Hamilton casting through the emails, like, "Hey, I need to leave at two o'clock. Um, I've got a show that night." Um, down in DC and they're like cool just like remind us let us know and then I walked you know you go you go you're supposed to remind like Steph Clemens and Andy Blankenbuehler at the callback <laughs> excuse me I have to go I exactly. mean that's never gonna happen <laughs> so so I can you imagine like mm-mm. let's just paint a picture real quick in what universe would you be like, excuse me, Steph Clemens, Andy Blankenbuehler, um, I have to, can we wrap this up? Because yeah, I have a, okay. I literally have a train to catch. Yeah. So they'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what? It, it wasn't going to happen. No. It was no, not going to happen. It was not. Um, so it was like the 140 and then I walked <laughs> back in the room just before they make the announcements and they, they the, someone on the casting panel was like, hey, Rob, like, do you need to leave? And I was like, nope, missed my train. 110% intentionally. What I forgot to mention before was I had actually bought two different train tickets. (gasps) I bought the 2 p.m. train ticket and I told my understudy, I said, I have two train tickets. The one if I get cut and the one if I'm still in the room. The one that if I'm still in the room doesn't leave until 7 p.m. If I'm still in that room, I'm staying in that room. So I said it was 1.40 and I was like, nope, I'm good. And then we did the partner combination from Helpless Satisfied. And then we sung after that and I didn't leave that audition until I think it was like 3.30. And then it wasn't until 3.30 I texted my stage manager and I said, sorry, I missed the train. And then the the swing went on that night. And that's, oddly enough, I, I remember talking to Lauren Boyd was at that audition. Yes. <laughs> and the funny thing is, she sung before me and she came out and I was like, how'd you go? And she was like, I don't think I did very good. Okay. Literally like three days later, she booked Hamilton. 
Well, you guys have your, your like booking anniversary <laughs> mm-hmm. together, right? Exactly. I remember like I had done, I think it was five combinations that day of dancing Jeez. from 11 until whatever time it was, or maybe 10, which, uh, whatever time it was. Um, and then we sung. Oh, uh, that's right. And we sung the material for the features for the men. And the first one that I did was the Seabree moment, actually. And I remember thinking, I w- everyone was practicing that little intro for the Seabree, the, hear ye, hear ye, my name is Samuel Seabree. And I didn't know that that's what we had to do. Hear ye, hear ye, my name is Samuel Seabree, and I present free thoughts on the proceedings of the Continental Congress. Oh, but you know it, you're a fan. I didn't know no. it. I didn't know it well enough. <laughs> So I was like, cr- like frantically trying to remember it. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to read it off the piece of paper because I don't want to mess it up. So I read it off the piece of paper and then put it down when I had to sing. Mm-hmm. Sung it just fine. And at this point, Alex Lacamoire is sitting on the panel. <sighs> exactly. Okay. And then it was the Georgica feature. And then it was the George, George, I'm trying to watch the show. You should have watched it. Blah, blah, blah. And then Alex Lacamoire is reading the John Lawrence moment. And so it gets to the... He's singing back to you. Yeah, he's singing as Lawrence and I'm singing as George And you're saying, piss off, I'm watching the show now to Alex Lacamoire. Exactly my point. (laughs) Exactly my point. I was like, wait. Am I allowed to say this? Okay. So I I said it and then I was like, okay, cool. And then they move on. And then it goes to the Charles Lee feature. And then it gets to the... Said to me, he was Charles Lee. I'm a general. We... And then it gets to everyone attack, retreat, attack, retreat. And it's supposed to be George Washington attack Charles Lee saying retreat. Right. And I go, everyone attack. And then Luck looks at me funny and he goes, retreat. <laughs> and then I was like, attack. Well, and I was like, wait, oh, sh- that's not right, is mm. it? And he was like, <laughs> he kind of just laughed and he was like, no, 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 it's, it's all the way around. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was just freaking out because I just told you to piss off <laughs> two seconds ago. And then they all kind of laughed and I was like, oh, phew. <sighs> I feel a little bit more relaxed now. Yeah, I, uh, that's an, <laughs> I would not last two seconds in that room. I, oh, my God. There are some serious powerhouses. It's kind of crazy. And so then I had a few hours to kill before I got my train back to D.C. And I was so relaxed finally for the first time in probably like 48 hours. The morning of, I took my photo of the sun rising and it was just me. Like it was, I don't even think I was in the photo. It's just me, like the window of the train and like the sun rising over the trees as I'm leaving Virginia. And then after the audition, I'm standing outside Madison Square Garden and the sun is setting. And I take a photo of me, like a selfie with the sunset in the background, Madison Square Garden in the background, 34th in the background. And it's like one of the most relaxed I've ever felt, like the most relaxed feelings I've ever felt. And it was just like this huge weight had been lifted. Whatever I had done was set in stone and like that's all I could do. I get the email on the Monday from Hamilton Casting saying, hey, can you audition final callback? The day before Thanksgiving, so I believe it was a Wednesday, and Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. It's always on a Thursday. It's always on a Thursday. So it was the Wednesday, and I'm like, absolutely, let me know when and where. I'm in town for the next week. So I walk in, and then I've been in there for like half an hour, and then Derek Mitchell walks in. Steph walks in, and I was like, where's everyone else? And they go, oh, this is just you. And I was like, wait, Wait, what? Wait, what? So I had a private... (laughs) dance call 
with Derek Mitchell, who was the resident choreographer for the Angelica Tour, Stephanie Clemens, who is the beast that she is, Mm. amazing. And then to top it all off, Andy Blankenbuehler walks in and sits at the table and opens up his laptop. That's not scary at all. So I've got, yeah, right? (laughs) I've got the three of them reviewing these routines with me by myself. And then there was like this floor section that isn't taught in the auditions and it's cool it's from the uh rewind section in satisfied steph is wearing like denim overalls at the time she's not she wasn't ready to dance but she was there to kind of witness the audition so steph was like you know what i'm just gonna teach you this floor section and she was like i'm gonna do it one time for you because i'm in these denim overalls and she doesn't have like too much motion and restriction and everything like that so she does it and i was like okay fucking focus like mm-hmm. make sure you look at every single detail and then i did it and they're like cool and then stuff was like i have to go great job and then she gave me a hug and it was like my first ever contact with this person <laughs> who i don't know but i know who she is right and she like gave me a hug and she was like great job today and then walked Aww. out and then it was me derek and andy in the room and andy's sitting there at the laptop so how's sergio and i was like Oh my gosh, you're talking to me. Oh my gosh. And Sergio Trujillo is the choreographer for Freaky Friday, who I'd just been working with for the last few months. Andy. And he was like, how was Freaky Friday? Like, he knew everything that I'd been doing. Right, right, right. Andy is on his laptop because he's getting ready for Cats to perform (laughs) at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Totally. So he was like, yeah, you did a great job. And then he was like, yeah, so we need a replacement for someone in Chicago, like, ASAP. And he was like, so when are you available? And I was like, um... Yeah, I'm available now. Like, I have nothing lined yeah, up. Yes. And yeah. Freaky Friday is still waiting to hear back from me at this point. Because they, they've already waited, like, weeks later than what they should have. Oh, my because God. Because they were delayed, giving me my offer. Um, And so, I was like, I, I, okay, this is... Andy, I'm going on a cruise ship for two weeks <laughs> on Sunday. Um, If you need me to not go on it, that's fine. Just let me know before Saturday. And I was like so hesitant. I was like, I, like I'm fine. I was like, I'm so fine to not get on it. If you need me to, just let me know. And then he was like, okay, we'll reach out to you before then. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Oh. And then I was just like, thank you so much. Um, okay, bye. Well, the good news is that we know how the story ends, but man, it is far from over and very stressful. Check back next week when Robert Walters talks all about going from the Chicago company to Broadway, his knowledge of American history before and after Hamilton, and arguably the most important thing, impressions of fellow cast members on Broadway. Talk to you soon, fam. Thanks so much for listening. I am G.Penn. Support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Hamilcast. You can get access to the closed Facebook group where you can submit questions for upcoming guests, get behind the scenes access, live AMA videos, and other cool rewards. My gratitude for the Patreon peeps is through the roof and always will be. 
TheHamilcast.com is the home of all your podcast needs, including episodes, guest bios, and my Hamil reference-heavy and extensive notes on the Chernow chapters that I insist on calling chirpters. Sorry about that. You can listen to episodes anywhere you get your podcasts, but I'm just saying if you really loved it, you would subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're looking for the podcast on social media, it couldn't be easier. At the Hamilcast on all the things. I'm at Jillian with a G on all social media. And you can check out The Residuals, my web series with Mike, you know Mike, at theresiduals.tv. And my true crime podcast with Patrick Hines of Theater People at truecrimeobsessed.com. Thank you again for listening to The Hamilcast. I'll talk to you in five seconds on Twitter. Twitter.